Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Low Sodium Show. I am your host, Mark the Lenin Crew Wheeler, and welcome. We are going to have a great show tonight. Um, you know, we're we're gonna we're gonna bounce around a little bit. Um, you know, we, we've got a few topics. We've got the um, recap of the Susky Flats, and uh, and speaking of the Susky Flats, let me bring in my my co-host. Mr. Yak Chum, Matt Trucks. What's going hey, on, man? Hey, good evening, Mark. How was your weekend, bud? Uh, it was awesome. Uneventful with the fishing, but awesome. Uh, cool. Weather couldn't be any better, fishing the Susky Flats. Uh, awesome. Fishing was slow. It was uh, very muddy water. Um, a lot of dam release. Very cold water. 46 to 48 degrees on the flats, and that's uh, all day well, with the sun beating on, you know, two feet of water. So, Right. So, well, we'll get more into that a little bit later. A little, little snippet of, of love right there. Indeed. Um, and uh, also, we got Zach Huntington in the uh, chat room there. Want to give him a shout-out? Yep. Mato- uh, main guide, uh, kayak guide with Potomac Bass and Snakehead, uh, the premier guide service on the Potomac and surrounding region. And, uh, yeah, we're talking some one of the best snakehead fishermen uh, in, 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 in the whole United States. Okay, so give you an idea. Um, also, so uh, guests, you can sign in using any type of social media, uh, and you can come in and chat with us. Um, so thanks for listening to Kayak Fishing Radio. Yep, and uh, feel free to call in. Ask questions, please. Please, please, please. Pick my, pick my brain. Uh, the number is 714-816-4727. Um, we're also going to talk about how I um, how I modify some baits, and, and and especially now this time of year. You know, if you've been fishing since the end of February, let's say, you can pretty much tell where the, the bass are. But now you've got a lot of guys that are finally getting out and fishing, and there's a lot of pressure on the water. This is where you really see bass, you know, uh, get really finicky. So, you know, how, how do I, I – this is where I'll switch up where the, what they're biting on. Same kind of techniques but with a little twist that always gets them to rebite. Um, we're also going to talk about um, sun safety. And, and, I, and it's kind of a, a devil's uh, uh, calling the kettle black. Uh, I am one of the worst – worst people to talk about sun safety because I always forget sunscreen and stuff like that, but it's something that I really have to pay attention to, and uh, I was able to, to sit down with my dermatologist um, and do a quick little interview uh, with him, um, and uh, I'll give you the synopsis of what he said, basically what you can do to try to protect yourself from the sun's harmful, harmful rays. We're going to do a segment of skin safety uh, because it is so important uh, nowadays, you know, with, with what we know now um, about that. And we'll get to more of that in a little bit. Um, and, uh, you know, we're, we're going to talk about some, some great things that are coming with one of my one of my sponsors, Tommy Head Jigs. Uh, a little snippet of, of what we're working on. Because uh, you're going to only hear it first on the Low Sodium Show. So with that being said... We'll take our first quick break, as always, and we come right back. We are going to jump into uh, this past weekend's fun, my fun with uh, uh, the, the Virginia Kayak Anglers Association up in Northern Virginia, and also Matt's going to talk about the Susky Flats. So with that, we'll be right back with more of the Low Sodium Show, only on the Kayak Fishing Radio Network. Looking for a new cooler with a lifetime warranty and made 100% in the United States? Look no further than Orca Coolers. These roto-molded, rugged coolers feature premium-quality, seamless construction, meaning they're built to take whatever you and Mother Nature throws at them. Orca Coolers allow ice to keep for days, and they have non-slip feet so your cooler stays where you want it. With secure external latch system, the lid always stays closed. Orca Coolers, made 100% in the USA, always has been, always will be. Check them out at orcacoolers.com. Bull Bay Custom Rods are handcrafted, designed, built by fishermen for fishermen. Each plank goes through a rigorous stress test to ensure the highest quality 
period. You can actually feel the action of the bite as well as lure vibration through the foregrip, made with the highest quality components and made to your specifications. Full Bay Custom Rods bring innovation to your hands. Go to bbrods.com to check out some amazing custom rods. Full Bay Custom Rods, built by fishermen for fishermen. And folks, we've got a great thing with Bull Bay right now. Please feel free to contact me if you're interested in, uh, in purchasing a Bull Bay rod. Um, I can help you break down what you need or, or what you're looking for. Break down what's there so you can get the perfect quality rod for your hands. So contact me on Facebook at Mark Lenning Crew Wheeler. Send me a private message and we'll get you all set up. Again, go to BullBayRods.com. Check them out. Like them on Facebook for more information. You are listening to The Low Sodium Show on Kayak Fishing Radio with your host, Mark, the Landing Crew Wheeler. All right. We're back. Um... We'll get started with, with this weekend's fun. Um, on Saturday, I drove up to northern Virginia to the Aquacon River. Um, and if you look on on Bing Maps or Google Maps or whatever, um, Aquacon River pours into Belmont Bay. Um, and, and if Zach is willing to call in... Uh, Zach, bud, call in, please. You have more information on Belmont Bay, um, which is a, a crazy area. Um, it's it's a relatively short stretch of water um, that that we fished in, and I say that you know it's maybe four miles long, um, but it, it's you know a good. 150, 20 yards wide at some spots, a lot shallow, a lot shorter in others, and it, you know, it's, it's amazing. I mean, you got some good drops, uh, bluff banks. I mean, you've got grassy areas. You got, it is literally, if you were working, a, if you were trying to learn a tidal river, uh, on on, so many different spectrums. I mean, Matt, this 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 river is incredible, dude. Um, it, it's tidal. That's the first thing. So Is literally, it near, uh, the Potomac. Yeah, it, it drains in the Potomac. Okay. Uh, via Belmont Bay, um, and, and I'll I'll pull up. Let the me map. guess. It's got a lot of tires in it. That's like, gives it a lot of structure, right? No, and, and that's just, that's what I was surprised about. There is very uh-huh. little pollution in this little stretch of river. Um, I mean, granted, there, there's stuff there. Don't get me wrong. But it is relatively um, you know, clean. Yeah, is it like clear water or is it like a muddy water or, or it just well, depends on the what you how it, much it, rain you got. Exactly. Um, you know, because sometimes uh, tidal water rivers, you know, they they can be just they have that that danky muddy color all the time. Right, and, and the cool thing is that it's a, it's a clear, it's a clear river that is dammed to create the Aquacon uh, reservoir. So you, you've got a reservoir dumping into a into the river again, kind of thing. Um, so it, that's that's what pretty much controls the, the um, the brouhaha, I guess the best way to put it. Um, it's crazy um, how it's all set up, and it it just blows my mind. Um, you know how how clean it was. That was the first thing. Um, All right, hey Mark. Uh, just so you know, we have Zach on the line. Whenever you want to bring him on. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, let me bring on uh, a good friend of mine. Uh, this is a uh, co-owner and, and head kayak guide with Potomac Bass and Snakehead. Um, the guy I've been talking about in recent weeks. 
And, uh, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Zach Huntington. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Always happy to talk about the river. Yeah, hey, man. Thanks for calling in, Zach. And, and folks, this, this guy knows his, his stuff about this, this river. Um, it's, it's really, really awesome. If you're looking at a map, I can't figure out how to export the, the map. Um, but if you look at... At Washington, D.C., you'll see the Potomac run down, and then you see a very large, like, bay area. That's Belmont and Occoquan Bay. Um, the river dumps into it, so you can see what I'm talking about. 95 runs right over it. Um, it's 95 and Route 1. 95 and Route 1, yeah. Um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a crazy setup, you know, that I I really enjoy. And I really, really enjoyed. Um not because I caught fish off of it, because of how different everything was. Um, you know, it's 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 a crazy setup because where we launched literally was in the middle of, of two different things you want to do. You could have gone upriver and caught all the shad you wanted. Apparently, um, I didn't go upriver. Me and Zach went south, and, you know, you've got tons of docks. You've got wood in the river. You've got cliff banks. You've got shallow flats with rock, with, with sand. Um, and then you got <clears> – <throat> that's just in the river portion. Then you kind of opened up in, into the mouth of Aquapon and, and, and Belmont Bay. And, you know, it is shallow. I mean, Zach, I mean, we were in, you know... Yeah, it averages in about 18 inches to 5 feet all the way yeah. across. And, you know, we, we were fishing um, an, uh, an area when we got there that had emergent lily pads. You know, folks, I you always talk about vegetation. I'm always talking about that transition area. And we found that transition area. It took us a while. Um, and actually, we, we, had to end, we had to start uh, uh, waiting is how we found it. Um, we were seeing these big pluffs of, of sand and mud coming from fish. Uh, coming to find out, a lot of it was carp. Um, but we were going around, and I got really shallow, and I started moving deep. And I saw a pluff, and I saw a bass. And we kind of started working it down and breaking down that area. And me and Zach looked at each other about 10 minutes later, and we went, you know, if we find that deep portion, you know, and it doesn't have to be, you know, deep, deep. You know, we're talking... What, Zach? It was 18 inches deeper than yeah. Yeah, the spot that we found yeah. the bass? I mean, it was Small drop. That, you know, Yeah, a foot and a half is all you needed. And it was literally 20 feet wide, and it ran for about 100 yards, where we found that deep spot. And literally, it was the third or fourth cast I hooked into a bass. Yeah. Uh, a on, bass. On, a, on a Right on the edge of the lily pads, you know, right where that transition, well, they'll run up and down that slough. And it's, and it's a slight difference. You know, they've got the cover in the lily pads. They've got the slightly deeper water, all for going after shad. And that bass that I caught was, what, 15 inches? But he had a belly. Inch, the fattest, fattest 15 and a half inch fish I've ever seen. Yeah, if you would have felt its belly, you could feel. Full of row, right? No, 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 no. This was a buck bass that was just oh, so yeah. filled Full with shad. Of shad. I mean, you, you, he had five or six, I'm going to say eight-inch shad, you know, half of this bass's le- length in his belly. He had two tails sticking out of, his, out of the back of his mouth. Um, you know, just insane. You know, and, and it goes to tell you, y'all, that if you have shad, okay, you can put away the jig. Uh, granted, they'll hit the jigs. You can put away a lot of the gear and really focus your narrow your focus to just catching, you're just fishing shads, tile baits, crank baits, lipless cranks, swim baits. Um, I was using a weightless fluke when I caught that bass. Uh, chatter baits, spinner baits. All those shad imitators are are what you're you're needing to use to. To create that bike, that's what they're feeding on. Um, but I'll, I'll let Zach go ahead and, and pretty much break down that area. He knows it much better than I do. Um, 
and what to expect in the next uh, week or two for those that, that live up in Northern Virginia. Go ahead, Zach. Okay, so the, the shad have moved in. That's uh, what, what Mark was just saying. Uh, we got the grass coming in pretty thick now, pretty thick for early in the year. The, the grass starts to come in, more bass and snakeheads are going to come out, come up into the shallows looking to feed. The bite's going to get crazy here in the next week. Back of the creeks will start filling up here, and can't really ask for much more than that looking for snakeheads in a kayak. Right. Um, now, I heard the snakeheads are pretty good eating also. Oh, delicious. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, you know, <laughs> and I make fun of Zach all the time on the show and in other places, uh, but Zach is, is infatuated with snakeheads, and uh, we saw our first snake, at least I did, saw my first snakehead of the year, and the, the story goes <laughs> like this. We we work in this this flat, and from a distance you can see a channel, and that's you know that was like the the, the piece of resistance, you know that channel, and it went back in this back creek, and then we were going to fish, and we get, I get over this flat, I was about and it was very, six inches of water. Yeah, and I'm working, just kind of trying to look for something that these bass could hold on this channel, and I came up because I could see a, a a log coming up out of the depths in, into the shallows. And I looked, and on the very end of the log was about, I'm going to say, an 18 to 20-inch snakehead. Very clear water, nothing. You know, I, he could see me before I could see him kind of thing. And I saw him, and I started to reach down. I went, snakehead. And I reached down to grab my gear. And all of a sudden, I hear this snakehead from, from off to my left. And I hear this kaplash. <laughs> and I looked over, and, and Zach was standing in his kayak, heard snakehead, grabbed a rod, and jumped out of his kayak like he was going to run across his flat. Only problem is, is that he was in fluff mud. Yeah, it was soggy. So, so the moment he he hit that mud, he went all the way up to his waist in it. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> it was natural sunscreen. Yeah, I mean he he literally just went gook, and it was just you know half a zack, and. Yeah. Instinct in just took cast. over. I didn't know what I was doing. I was just going for it. Yeah, I couldn't cast. I was laughing. I haven't laughed that hard in a long time. You know, it, it was one of those things where we were at a moment where we were all serious and we were all, uh, you know, myself, uh, Zach, uh, Jeff Singleton was there, uh, Aaron, uh, Andrew, Francis was there. We had a few other guys that were there following us around, and, and it was just. <laughs> One of those things was like, man, oh god, I can't believe you just did that. You know, watch him get out of there. Playing backfire. Yeah, but you know, it's it, it was a great time, um, folks. If you live in Virginia, uh, join us, VirginiaKayakAnglers.com, uh, uh, on Facebook. Um, you know, great group of guys. Ask ton of questions, um, and uh, you know, we, we, we're going to be doing stuff like this a lot more. Um, but uh, Zach, we're, we're working on a, an event for May. We're looking at cool. Pohek or Aquia, probably. Nice. Uh, have you you gotten into any of those snakeheads yet, there, Zach? What's that? Have you gotten into any snakeheads yet? Uh, no. I heard the snakehead bite was strong uh, out on the river. I mean, probably a mile from where we were. If we'd just gone out a little bit further into Belmont, we probably could have right. gotten into some snakeheads, but. Planning on chasing snakes on Saturday. Where at? Um, I'm thinking I'll probably go over to Matta Woman. We got the uh, uh, tournament series next week on Matta Woman, so do a little scouting. And that's in Maryland. Yeah, Maryland, right? Uh, Indian Head. Okay. Good little nice. spot. You got a. Uh, Smallwood State Park and Slavin's Boat Ramp over there. Both good spots to launch. Easy access to some, some prime fishing locations. Now, do you need a, if you're from Virginia, do you need a uh, Virginia fishing license or Maryland fishing license, or is it one of those? The Potomac, on the Potomac, Maryland, or Virginia works, uh, depending on how far down you are, you need the uh, a saltwater license 
or you can get the Chesapeake Bay Sport Fishing License, which is good for any of the tidal Potomac below the Woodrow-Wilson Bridge. And you also have to register with Maryland DNR for uh, saltwater angler identification in case you hook into a striper on the river. Right. So you could get that away with free, from... but yeah, so you, you can, can get, get away, away with a Virginia license. So if I was to come yep. down with my non-resident Maryland license, which I just purchased, the fish is the, the uh, Susky Flats, I can fish there. Yep. Good Legal. to go. Great. Good to go. Nice. Yeah, they make Very it pretty right. easy to get on the river. Cool, man. I might have to make that drive up on Saturday. Yeah, nice. Sounds good. I'll be out there throw some frogs. Some frogs yeah, and like tubes. Oh, frog. yeah. oh, you said the tube word. You know what? That was one of those things that I kind of wish I would have thrown on Saturday is a tube. Yeah, the tube um, is always nice around a lily pad. You know, and, and I've done shows on tubes, and and I still get questions about that show. I mean, that was, what, two years ago, uh, uh, Matt? I think it was last year. It's a good show, absolutely. Last year? It was around this time last year. Yeah, because they are just so deadly. And and I showed a few guys my favorite color of, of tube, and it's from Zoom. It's got a, a green pumpkin back with, like, this orange belly, and it is just absolutely a killer uh, uh, bait. I mean, just awesome stuff there. Um, but, so, we're going to talk more about Saturday here quick. Uh, I'll let Matt jump into the Susky Flats. Talk about the Susky Flats tournament there, uh, Matt. Yeah, sure, uh, Mark. It's the uh, Susky Flats Kayak Fishing Jamboree. Uh, it was founded three years ago. This was its, its um, third annual um, it's it's a, it's not a tournament. It's actually just a uh, a gathering of a bunch of kayak anglers. Um, you pay a registration fee, which basically uh, it it pays for uh, a dinner, uh, an event shirt, and then the rest is a donation to uh, Heroes on the Water. And there, there's um, four chapters that were the donations were benefiting, and um, those chapters were uh, Maryland. Uh, Western Pennsylvania, Central Pennsylvania, and New Jersey. Uh, pretty much all the uh, states with chapters that border that portion of the uh, Susquehanna River and the Chesapeake Bay, that area. Um, so basically, uh, you registered up, and and uh, at the captain's meeting, they they had four Calcuttas, which you can get into. And what a Calcutta is is basically a a pot that you sign your name to, you throw your, it was $5 per Calcutta per species, and uh, you sign your name down, and the biggest fish, uh, catch photo release, takes the pot. So, um, it was one day of fishing, it was, that was Saturday, and uh, what a beautiful day we had. Uh, I was up at four in the morning at the boat ramp, uh, loading up out there by sunrise, Beautiful sunrise, warmed up quick, and it really never got that cold. It was probably in the mid 50s when I got down to the ramp. So, but um, unfortunately, fishing was kind of eventful or uneventful for a lot of the anglers that came down. Uh, the water was cold, muddy, and uh, they they had the dam pretty much open wide because of the uh, snow melt up north, uh, so the river wouldn't flood. Right. And, uh, yeah, so uh, basically the water on the flats where it's like two feet of water, and that sun usually warms it up pretty quick. It was, when I started out in the morning, it was 46 degrees. When I got off the water around 2 p.m., it was only 48 degrees. Wow. So we had one uh, lucky guy caught a nice striper. Um, I swear he probably snagged the thing. <laughs> but, nah. <laughs> <laughs> he uh, he ended up with a, I believe it was a 36 inch striped bass. It was a cow, loaded with loaded with row. Um, got a nice picture of it. And then another guy who had an 11 inch striper. And that was it for the stripers. And it was kind of funny because, well, not for the guy that caught the 36 inch fish because they announced his name and everything, but he wasn't in the Calcutta. 
Oh wow! Uh, an eleven-inch striper, wattable, three hundred dollars. <laughs> <laughs> That's insane. Oh. <laughs> uh, there's always the other Calcutta's that that had fish place was uh, the the catfish and the perch, largemouth bass was a nada, and those were just the guys fishing up the river a bit, just fishing right. along the bank. Oh yeah. Um, you know that, that's that's the hard thing about trying to decide on when you know migratory species are going to make it to an area. You know, I mean, from year to year it changes. You know. Yeah, you're about. Oh yeah, the two weeks on the water. later this year, up here. Yeah, um, and I, I I'm pretty sure that this is the last weekend. The past weekend was the last weekend in Maryland for catch and release stripers. I think the season's closed now. I'm not sure of that though. And then it doesn't open up until the spawn's over. Right. Yeah, protect those bass. I mean, they're they're hot. I mean, uh, I'm not even gonna get into all that. <laughs> that, that that's a whole show on itself. Um, yeah, absolutely. But uh, yeah, man. You know, it, it feels good to get away from home a little bit and catch some fish, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. I mean, that was my first time out fishing this year. I mean, it's been freezing cold up here, and the, the days I did was able to get out and do things that was rigging up my boats, you know. <laughs> that, that's right. what it came down to. Just, yeah, but this is this is good because this that one uh the the Susky Flat Chambri is kind of a a season opener for us that are up more up north. Right. Unless you know, unless we get out freshwater fishing and this year it was tough. I mean the the lake up here still has ice on it. <laughs> wow. I wouldn't no, be able to handle that. Last night, so it's, it's, this weather is just insane. <laughs> uh, I'm with Zach. I wouldn't be able to handle. I'd, I'd start. Get a little bit of a uh, little bit. I'm tight, but still had a frost on today. Yeah, you know, and, and I think that, and that most people don't understand is that's a good thing for these bass, and, and, yeah, and you know, fired up today. Oh, they were. They definitely get fired up. And, and, and I, I try to explain this to folks. When you have, when you're fishing northern strain bass, and I'm saying northern strain from, I'm not even going to say Virginia, but from, uh, maybe from about Richmond, if you drew a line across Virginia, you know, the southern border and West Virginia into Tennessee and across, up from that line, those bass don't do the typical southern, you know, what most people think about bass when a cold front hits. What they will do is they they don't shut down. They actually get angrier. And and it's amazing how how effective it can be just go out after a cold front. And I know guys that oh cold front you got to slow it down. No you don't. Speed it up. Much more erratic baits. Walk the dog baits, especially. You know, you've got a, a and, I'm, and I'm encompassing in, in the walk the dog style baits from, you know, uh, uh, you know, a top water, top water walk the dogs are great now at this time of year, especially after a cold front. Uh, weightless flukes, jerk baits, um, you know, baits like that are absolutely killer. Absolutely killer this time of year when you have a cold front move through. I work them quick. Reason is, is because those shad, those bait fish, have moved in the shallows, right? And they don't feel the effects of the barometer um, as quickly as, you know, a, a, a bass will. So they get trapped in the shallows, the temps drop in that water, and they become stunned. Now they're. Now they're stunned, shad, trying to survive, so they're much more erratic. They're 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 hurting, and the bass just gobble them up. So, you know, definitely get out there and fish at the time of the. Yeah, uh, the other big thing was year, uh, great stuff. The flats was. Um, my but we're gonna take a quick break, uh, Zach. If you uh, we we lost Zach. If you get a chance, bud, call in. I want you to talk about how you modify your frogs. Uh, so think about that while you call back in. And with that being said, we'll be right back with more of the Low Sodium Show, only on the Kayak Fishing Radio Network. Give me the flat to dawn. 
with plenty of tailing fish. And the perfect fly rod. Yeah. And get ready for some magic. Awesome eat. I got one. Oh, damn, I got him. You got it. I got him. Join Bonefish and Tarpon Trust. Nice fish. And help make sure that the magic never ends. Visit tarbone.org to find out how you can help. All right, folks, I've been talking about bull bay rods for the past two years, it seems. And they really have turned my fishing game from being good to being great. Um, you know, from being on a cast longer distances to feeling that, that lure. And it was very critical for me to feel that lure this past weekend because I'll be reeling it you know, a, a lipless crank or, or, or crankbait or, or chatterbait, feeling the vibration. And all of a sudden, it would stop, and that bass had it. Bull bay rods have really helped me to step up my game and can step up yours. So go to bullbayrods.com and check them out. The newest addition from on the Low Sodium Show is the Lick'em Lures Tongue Slapper. It looks like a spoon. It feels like a, a, a soft plastic spoon, but it's not. It's a jerk bait. It's a top water bait. It's an everything bait. So check them out. Ask me questions and go to lickemlures.com. Check them out on Facebook as well and see why I have found the next great bait in freshwater fishing and in saltwater too. So go to lickemlures.com. Pick up a pack. You'll be pleasantly surprised. You are listening to The Low Sodium Show on Kayak Fishing Radio with your host, Mark, the Landing Crew Wheeler. All right, we're back with more The Low Sodium Show. And, uh, you know, one last thing about this previous weekend. Virginia Best League, which is a, a state-run or it's a state tournament, uh, internet-based tournament, um, had one, their second tournament of the year. Um, and, and I screwed the pooch. I did very well. Um, I caught three nice bass up in Occoquan on, uh, on Saturday that really... Uh, <laughs> um, you know, helped me a lot and, and show that I'm not just a one, one uh, trick pony. Um, and when I fished on Sunday, I fished one of my local lakes, um, and I caught a 23-inch um, largemouth, which is a paper. It weighed 11 pounds, uh, uh, 6 ounces. My personal best of the year already so far um, on a prototype bait from... Uh, Tommy Head Jigs. Folks, you're going to want to stay tuned for this. This bait is freaking awesome. Um, you know, it, it, it's one of those baits that, I, that I've been working on for a while now. And we've almost got it perfected. Um, but uh, And it's not for sale yet. So, so just letting you know right now, uh, this, this bait is deadly. Uh, Tommy recently, and Tommy... Um, from Tommy Head Jigs is uh, is, is going to get his uh, his very own. Um, once I find him, where did he go? There he is. Tommy Tommy picks up the pick of the week with a slob um, striped bass that he caught during a tournament on Saturday. Uh, we're talking almost thirty pounds, freshwater. Uh, so that that gives you an idea. He, he was telling me, yeah, we 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 bottomed out. A 25-pound scale, uh, trying to try, trying to weigh this thing. So that yeah, gives you an idea. And I caught, <laughs> and I literally caught. Was that, was that landlocked striped bass? Yeah. Wow. Shoot. Nice. Uh, I I caught now. Zach and everyone thought I was throwing a a regular chatter bait <laughs> on Saturday. Well, and secret, I, secret, huh? Yeah, I I. I I started throwing a regular chatterbait, and I switched it over, and that's when I caught that 20-inch bass was on this prototype. Um, 
and when I caught my 18-inch with Jeff, <coughs> um, I caught on the prototype as well on Saturday, which which is just awesome stuff. Um, and I and I I so wanted to you know show it off in pictures and stuff like that, but I just couldn't. Um, but um, on Sunday. I caught that 23-inch bass, and it was crazy. What would ha- and I'm going to tell you the story of how I caught that bass. And the area I was fishing had a rock substrate that went down to about 18 to 20 inches of water. And then off that rock came uh, a, a flat of about four feet deep. Um, really, sh- really sharp, uh, you know, break off of that. And... There are pockets on the shoreline where you have rock, 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 and then you have a, a, a really dense, gravelly sand, uh, which, is, which is perfect for, for bass to spawn in. And I was working this bank with, with that chatterbait, or with the, the prototype bait, and I, <laughs> I saw, because uh, uh, you could tell where the, the sand was because a lighter spot in the water. And over top of it was one branch off of this bush which had you know two or three bushes around it and i made a cast and i went over top of that that's that 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 branch i tried to stop but i couldn't i got a little bit of an overrun and i'm sitting there and i pulled out that over that that overrun and i looked up and my line was moving up the bank underneath two other bushes i went oh crap you know reel down set the hook and i was still stuck on that branch because of one little stick was sticking out of the top of it I was like, no, I'm fighting this thing, and I'm, and I was only using eight-pound fluorocarbon. So all I'm thinking is, I got to get it around that branch, get it, get it, get it off there, because I could already feel from line that I've, I've picked up that it was all chafed up really bad. And I'm like, oh no, oh no, oh no. And, I, and I'm trying to raise the rod and snap it off that thing. Luckily enough, when I got that bass close to the branch, the branch broke, and got my line free. And that's when I first saw how big this bass was. Because I thought, you know, I was like, man, this thing, you know, that, that line's really dug into that branch because it's really heavy. No, that's because it's 11 pounds of, of, of angry. Um, and I got her around, and I looked at my line, and right at the, the tip of my rod tip, literally, I could see the line is all frayed up, but it's holding. And I'm only using eight pound. And I'm like, oh, my God, I can't high stick her because I know that extra pressure is going to break her off. So I get her in close, and I literally reeled the fish up almost to the rod tip. And I swung the rod down, and, and swinging it down, I drew her in co- close, and I turned on my side, and I put two, both hands in the water, dropped the rod completely in the water, and picked this bass up in my and just, like, cradled it in my arms for a good minute. I couldn't believe I caught him. Um, just an amazing bass. And, you know, and I talk about line a lot. And I talked about, well, two weeks ago, I made the switch over to Sunline, um, FC Reaction and FC Sniper. And I'm going to do a show here very soon about both of these lines because they they are truly the the best lines I have ever spooled up in the fluorocarbon, you know, setup. I mean, super strong, um, and, and the difference is I'll break down at some other point in time. Um, but uh, just amazing, amazing you know, fish. Uh, and all my fish I caught, um, you know, I, I use a lot of baits uh, on Sunday, but the uh, but that prototype w- w- was the key. I mean, I literally put, you know, five or six more bass up and, and, and you know, all because they they came off of that bait in areas that I was using crankbaits and lipless cranks and everything else, but they wanted that that one bait more than anything else. So, so you know, I came makes that one different. It's the action. Um, the action. You know, it's I, I can't really break down exactly why, um, but when when you finally get a chance to. To, to to see it and fish it, you're like ah, and and it kind of fits okay. into that erratic bait category. I'll, you know, Zach, you know, you'll know more in later, but um, uh, you know, it's one of those those baits that's just awesome. 
Awesome, awesome, awesome. Um, but let's get right into you know modifying baits and one bait that I believe everyone should modify right out of the package is a frog, and and Zach is one of the best frog fishermen, um, you know, in the state right now. Uh, when Chad, and, and I would say Chad Hoover would be one of them because Chad catches a lot of frog, a lot of frog fish. Um, but uh, Zach's, uh, uh, Chad's not living in the state anymore, so uh, I'm going to hand that off to uh, Zach. How do you modify your it. frogs for, for success? Okay, well, I like to do my frogs different ways for snakeheads and bass. Uh, okay. A snakehead frog is typically a, a spro uh, popping frog, a pop bar. Right. Uh, I like to get the uh, glass beads. I shove two of the glass beads in it, and I take probably about an inch off my legs on snakeheads because when they're coming up to bite the the frog, their, their mouth is an opening to create that vacuum that a bass will, will create when it sucks in a frog. So they're right. actually chomping down on it. So if you leave your legs too long, the short strikes you're going to see are going to drive you nuts. <laughs> my legs usually, my legs usually, when people see my snakehead frogs, they look at it and they say, those legs look a little short. But wait till we get on the water and snake is actually hitting the body and not ripping off rubber bands from the back of your frog. Right. Uh, the beads also help out on the river going after snakeheads because it'll push the frog down just a little bit so it can actually scoot through the uh, grass a little bit better. Right. Help you create a little more little more commotion on the, the surface. If you don't have any beads now, in it, frog can be a little you, light and you're kind of just... Sorry? Right. How do you get the beads into that frog? Um... There's two ways you can do it. You can spin the spin the hook over, and you can slide the beads right through that slot. And you also have the uh, the little magnetic circle on the back. Right. You can pop that off too. Um, put the beads right in there. If you do that, if you pop the back off too much, you're going to be leaking a lot of water or drawing in a lot of water. Lots of frog squeezing. Right. Um, cool. My uh, my bass frogs usually keep the legs a little longer. I cut maybe three quarters of an inch off, and just because you're getting that suction action, pulling the frog into their mouth. Right. Is that all you do to to, to your frogs? Um, um, sometimes uh, you can do a couple other little things to the legs. You can cut one or two of the strands off from one side. That uh, if you're having trouble getting the frog to walk, it can help a little bit. Uh, create an extra little bit of wobble for you. You can also cut right. one leg. Uh, millimeter too shorter than the other one, that can help get a little extra action for it. I'm fishing so you're not, thick grass, boys. What's that? So you're so you're not necessarily looking for, you know, to walk the dog straight at, or to walk that bait straight at you. You're actually looking for it to to almost walk the dog in a, in a sense, correct? Yeah, yeah. Want it? Uh, I want my my walking. I want it to swing out as far as possible, so my frog is actually almost turning, looking directly out each time. So when it's, when you hit it, when you, when you pop your rod, the frog turns, its legs kind of whip out. Mm-hmm. It just drives the fish nuts. A lot of times with snakeheads, when you get that turn in the frog and its legs whip out, the snakehead will swirl. You bring it back one time, give it a little shake. Nice. Yeah, all about, all about getting the legs to wobble on the frog. The legs are what, what really bring it in, what trigger the bite. You want, awesome. you want that thing to look hurt. Right. <clears throat> Definitely. You know, and, and I do the similar similar things. You know, I, I really believe that that adding that that glass bead really adds that little extra something. Because um, when you're working at that, those beads rotate inside that belly and they, they clack against that hook. Make a lot of extra commotion. Yeah, you know, because that, I don't, that little extra touch that can get you bites when, when they're exactly. not Exactly. Exactly. And... and you know, when you're dealing with uh, thick, thick vegetation, you need something to really get their attention. You know, because that, yeah. that veg is actually deadening a lot of sound. So you need to have something that can can put your bait over the top. You know, other, you know, because you you can work an area and actually draw in the fish. You know, from a distance instead of putting it right over top of their head. So you can literally work one section and draw them in, you know, after five or six consecutive casts. 
you know, right. which, which really helps, you know, put your, your numbers up there. Um, That's why I like the popping I, frog on the grass, too. Right. It has a little extra splash and pop. Um, you know, I, I, I'm a big guy. I, I cut my legs significantly down. Um, it, it, for me, because I, I work a frog very fast, and it's it's one of my, my I guess, downfalls, because I work the frog so dang fast. You know, because a lot of times I'm looking to find the bass first. Because if they come up and they miss it, a lot of times it creates a hole, you know, where I can go in and screen that frog in and toss in, you know, a a secondary bait inside of that small hole. And I'm talking maybe 12 inches that I'm putting that bait into, Um, you know, a Senko, a a weightless fluke, um, you know, a a ribbit frog. If if they only want to eat frogs that day, you know, uh, uh, Texas rig uh, uh, rabbit frog or, or something similar to that is key. Yeah, I like um, uh, a weightless soft plastic jerk bait too as a follow-up bait. Oh yeah, you know, just just a little bit of, of nail weighted in there really helps. Um, yeah, you know, and that, that 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 falls into the next bait I'll modify a lot of times is a weightless fluke, um, and, and I weight the flukes. Um, I buy the the Bass Pro Shop nail weights. Uh, the ones that that you can actually break, they're just lead with a pointy end on them, and I'll and I'll rig the fluke up normally, um, and, and I'll actually step up the hook size to a five aught uh, heavy if I can find it. Um, I've only got a handful of them left, but I'll, I'll step up to that five aught heavy hook. It helps with with you know getting that bait down, you know, quicker, so I can work it faster. Because I'm working the bait on a flat, and what I'll do is I'll add. Uh, four little sections, and you'll notice on those nail weights, they've got these little slash marks on them, and I'll only push in four right behind where the head is, just right there, right into the, the, the mass, break it off, push the rest of it in, and just add just a touch of super glue on top of it, which adds and keeps that nail weight in there. So when I'm casting and working it, and that weight isn't working its way back out. And what I'll do, especially on shallow flats, is I'll stand there and I'll, and I'll work that bait. And what I'm looking for is something different. So if I'm working a, a grass flat, especially now where you've got coontail, you've got hydrilla, you've got um, eelgrass growing up and just barely starting to make that, that, that green area, you'll see areas where it's not as green or you see a sand patch. And that's potential bedding spots. That's ambush points. And I'll make a cast and I'll work, 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 work. The moment I see, okay, I got one coming up, I'll start killing that bait, ripping it out of the grass until I put it right in that sandy area. Because what I'm doing is, is I'm eliciting that 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 strike. And with a with a weightless fluke, you'll get that head turn and spiral down. But what you're trying to do is imitate a bait fish, uh, a, a brim. Uh, a, a shiner, okay, working its way in feeding, right? It's feeding, it's feeding. It's real erratic, it's trying to feed, and all of a sudden it hits that sand spot. And if you have a bass that's potentially starting a bed, when you kill it and it goes nose first and plants into that sand, okay, that tail kind of rises up because it's less weight, and that bass immediately associates that with something that's feeding it. It's in my bed. Boom, and it'll hammer it. And it's not that, that little pickup like they'll do with a, with a jig or the tube. They'll absolutely hammer it. And I'll do the same thing with a tube as well. Um, but whatever it is, that, that, you know, that, that weightless fluke. And I've done it with the, the tongue slapper recently from Lickham Lures, um, which is a great bait, by the way. Jerk bait style, uh, rigged, uh, rigged uh, what we call swim bait style. Uh, go to LickhamLures.com to see more about that. Um, you know, doing it like that is 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 killer. Do you have a do you, do you do that similar, Zach? Yeah, I also uh I like to put a use a, a black sharpie, put some eyes on my flukes. Yeah, I color a lot of my flukes. I got a I got a full pen set. Like seven bucks nice. at most tackle shops. You know, with the the, the do it pens, and right. you know. I'll uh, I'll color in the tail, you know. I'll add a a, a red throat yeah, patch. Yeah, I like to put a 
do a little bit on the tail too. It gives it yeah. again that that extra little piece that you need for the the bite. Right. Yeah, and when they're finicky like they they can be this time of year, yeah. a little something special can can do a lot. You know, and one of my favorites, yeah. my, one of my favorite baits, um, colors is, is a uh, watermelon red flake. Um, fluke. Excuse me. Oh yeah. And, and I'll dip the tail in a little bit of chartreuse, and I'll add a little bit of orange or red right where the gills would be, um, right when that mm-hmm. that, that that you know the, the the split portion comes in, just a dot, you know, just to mimic yeah. that that brim even more and. That's all you really need on a on a fluke is just the the dot of color, whether it's the red where the the gills are coming out, or the black where the eyes are. It's just the the little peak. Yep. Just just give it that little extra something. Yeah, the subtlety in the water plays a long way. Yep, yep, yep. Um, You know, another bait that I that I modify a lot uh, of times is. You know your your basic shaky head, you know, and I, I have a lot of people asking me. You know, you, I throw a shaky head a lot, and it doesn't seem that way. Uh, but when I find, you know, that bass aren't suspended high, or they're they're really keying in on on baits that, or, or on on forage that are near the bottom, because I don't I don't run a shaky head like most people do. I kind of do the, the how Squirrel does it, Jeff Crete, um, and I basically swim it in and, and until I hit something, a log, a rock, and then I'll kill it, bring it tight up against it again just by raising the rod tip a little bit and shaking it for maybe 20 seconds if that. 10 seconds is probably the most I do. Just a little shake, and a lot of times that, that'll elicit it, and then I'll pop it off of where I'm going, and this is key with the Tommy head because it allows that bait to – to keep that tail up presentation, the similar way a, a brim will. When a brim is feeding, he doesn't sit horizontal in a horizontal plane in the water. He sits with a nose up, with a nose down, tail up kind of, of situation. And you know, I'll I'll use uh, you know your basic finesse style baits, um, you know from Power Team Lures uh, is one of my favorites. Uh, again, watermelon red flake, uh, watermelon. Uh, um, you know, uh, with with all the golds and, and and stuff like that, are my top two. Uh, June bug and some, but uh, you know, again, I'm trying to mimic that that brim. Uh, if I, if I, and a June bug comes into those brackish areas where the brim are just really dark, um, you know, is absolutely killer. Because what I'll do is I will a even if it's a five inch bait, I rip off an inch automatically a lot of times. And what I'm doing is I'm shortening the bait down, uh, especially this time of year. You'll you'll see a lot more brim in that, you know, three, four, five inch category. So I want a, an easy target for them. So I'll bring it down because I'm using a long shank hook. Another thing I'll do is I'll immediately dip the tail in chartreuse. Um, chartreuse dip it. Just, just just maybe a half an inch in there. Pull it out is all I'll do. And then another thing that I do a lot of times is I will uh, bend the hook out just slightly uh, off center, um, which what that does is it will create a, a, a small bend in that bait. Because like I said, I'm, I'm literally just swimming that, that, that shaky head with that finesse bait in just very very slightly and, and what that does is it adds a light a little roll to that bait <coughs> which can elicit that 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 strike that i'm looking for um and a lot of times i'll add a fluke and fish a fluke on a shaky head um you know swim baits another one that i'll use pesky perches are one of my favorites um you know baits like that are, are absolutely killer uh for that so yeah. I'll put about any soft plastic on a shaky head. Right. Any um, any swimming any swimming style. Exactly. You know, and and the last one that we're going to talk about uh, this week is is buzz baits. It's buzz bait season. I mean, if you're not doing a buzz bait or have one on, 
you know, you're really missing out on a great bite. And don't just fish them in the morning. You can fish these baits all day if you're on a, on a good flat, you know. But one thing that I do do on all my swim, on all my buzz baits is I I tune them. And what I'm looking for, and and Zach can attest because I was throwing one on Saturday. Mine squeak bad. I mean, it it's is pretty a, loud. Yeah. It is a very, very loud bait, and I plan on, on throwing one on Saturday. Um, you know, and how I do that, I do, t- I do two to three things depending on the bait. Um, the first one is I burn it, um, and, and I do that via taking it and hooking five or six to using zip ties to my antenna on my truck. And, <laughs> and I'll go for a drive. I'll go on a scouting mission and drive, you know, 10, 15 miles on the highway and just, you can literally hear them, you know, in in motion. But you'll be going and you'll be driving about mile 10. You'll start hearing, where that, where it's created a a slight rub where it makes a squeak. Um, And that's where I'll stop and I'll take them off and I'll put new ones on and drive home. (laughs) Um, you know, and I'll tune them that way. If I have one or two that aren't squeaking and they've, they've been through the burning cycle, I'll go to where the bead is or the small rivet that's holding it on there, and I'll take a pair of, of pliers, excuse me, and using very light pressure, just slightly press it. And I'm not pressing a lot. I'm not trying to break it. I'm just slightly pressing it down to, to make it tighter and add a little bulge on, make it more oblong. What that does is it adds, adds a rubbing point where it'll squeak. Um, and then the third thing I'll do, if I'm still not getting what I want in that blade, is, now this is really cheating, is if you can find it, just a touch of liquid um, electrical tape. If you can find it in like Home Depot, but it's a, a liquid-ish, like putty. It's 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 thick um, electrical tape, and what it is is it's that rubberish stuff. And I'll just take a, a, a tip of a pen and I'll dip it in there, and I'll just dip it right on the on the two points where it's on the sh- you know the the blades going through the shaft. And what that does, because that's rubber on there, it slows down that blade, but it adds friction. And you can literally hear it going, wink, 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 plop, 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 working its way in. You know, and adding, um, adding trailer hooks. You know, I'm huge about that. Um, Zach, do you have any tricks to, to buzz baits? Uh, buzz baits, not so much. One thing I really like to do is throw a trailer hook on. Mm-hmm. But other than that, not too much. Yeah, I'm, I'm a humongous component on trailer hooks. And when I'm working them in grass, because a lot of times that, that buzz bait will sit, you know, with that trailer hook way, you know, underneath the surface. It's using a rubber band. Yeah. You know, using a rubber yeah. band, you know, to where the trailer is, and I'll, and I'll half hitch it on onto the main hook. And then, you know, basically using like a banjo minnow setup. Right. Bringing it back and capturing that, that barb, and it really helps to keep it a little weedless. Um, or okay. using Makes a, um, or using a, uh, uh, of, and again, and we're talking a lot of flukes, but, uh, the, the junior fluke, the small one, the, the three and a half, four incher, I'll right. pre-run the trailer hook into the bait, hook it okay. weedless style, and then run the, that fluke normally, but I'll capture the eye of the hook on that trailer before it pops right. out of the bait, that makes any sense. So now, yeah. because that front hook is usually weedless 90% of the time, now I've right. got a, 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 a larger profile first. Second, now that trailer hook's weedless. So now it's it's adding bulk for, for bigger bass. You need to put a lot of bulk in the bait. And, oh, yeah. and by doing doing that, you know, it, it really can elicit bigger bass. And, and because it's heavier, I can now run that bait faster. You know, I can really rip it and get that that reaction bite, you know, that I'm looking for, um, which is, which is really key uh, to uh, catching bigger 
bass, you know, and, and more bass than oh, yeah. that. I mean, I've had I've had six inch bass hit this style, you know, it's just amazing. Um, but like I said, those are the you know so a few things. We'll hit more up in, in later weeks on on things that I'll I'll modify. Um, you know, all good stuff. Um, I'm gonna take one quick minute and talk about sun safety. And you know, I'm uh, I've had a few scares in the past year or two with uh, skin cancer, and you know, we need to protect ourselves out there. You know, we can't sit underneath the t top or anything like that, which which makes things kind of hard. Um, but the one thing I'm going to talk about, you know, we all know about clothing. You know, the, the clothing options that are out there. Um, but let's talk about sunscreen. I kind of found out, and I'm reading this from the notes from my dermatologist, um, a quick little tip. If you know you're going out fishing in the, you know, for a full day, right, little tip is this. Take a hot shower in the morning, okay? And what you're going to do is when you get out of that shower, apply the sunscreen the moment you get out. After you tell dry, Okay, apply the sunscreen to all the areas you know you're going to see sun. So if you're wearing shorts and you're in a kayak, you're going to start about mid-thigh and work your way down. What you're doing is your pores have opened up, right? And what you're doing is when you apply that sunscreen right away, it's allowing those pores, when they finally collapse, they're going to actually suck the sunscreen in. Okay? And using a a high-quality one, you know, SPF 50 to 75. Okay, you're going to pay a little bit extra, but you're going to want it. And use the face style. Okay, if you find those ones that are made for your face, it'll help from you breaking out. Okay, and, and if if you're lucky and luckily lucky enough to have a significant other, okay, have them apply it to those areas. You know, if you're going to run without a shirt, you know, on your back, on your shoulder, stuff like that, help you out um, and, and apply it thick. Okay, don't don't go don't skimp on it. And, and, you know, give it a few minutes to, to, to soak in. What you're doing is, is you're allowing the sunscreen to, to help protect you. Because you need about 30 minutes, apparently, for sunscreen to be effective. Okay? So, from after you get in the shower, you get done, you get ready, you leave, you know, you're, you're creating that, that time. What also has happened is when you start to sweat, because it is in your pores, coming out in your sweat, it helps protect you even more. Um throughout the day, you know, and don't forget to, to apply liberally, you know, throughout the day, but, um, you know, th- that's one small tip on protecting you this, this year, uh, in the sun, um, you know, it's something I've really got to remind myself, because I get so tuned into, to fishing, that it is not on my top list of things, and it really has to be, uh, because, you know, you don't want to be worried about, you know, dying, and it's just not good stuff. Um, so, you know, that, that, that's the tip for sun, sun protection. We're going to do these throughout the year, um, throughout the summer, because it's very important and uh, just about as important as uh, wearing a PFD. Um, you know, we just recently lost another kayaker in, in North Carolina because he wasn't wearing a PFD. Um, it could have been prevented, really could have, um, you know. I saw an article about a kayaker in Maryland that got shot. Yeah. That's yeah. another show. But, uh, right. you know, it could have definitely been prevented with that, that kayaker in North Carolina. I mean, he, he tried to tread water, apparently, was calling for help. And, you know, at night, not many people out in the water, and, you know, they can't see you. Can't help you. You know, and, and the area he was in, if he had had a PFD, he would have floated to a flat where he could have stayed up. Stood up and been fine uh, until you know the sun came up, you know, um, you know, flagged down a boat or whatever. But because he was not wearing one, can't help him, you know, kind of thing. So, you know, it's sad, but it, let it be a learning experience for everyone. And apparently, this guy was a very respected uh, and efficient uh, swimmer as well. But you can you can only swim for so long, okay? So, yeah. But with that being said, uh, Zach, go ahead and uh, plug your guide business, bud. Uh, we are Potomac Bass and Snakehead. We offer trips 
all through the D.C. area, kayak or bass boat, smallmouth bass, largemouth, or snakeheads. Whatever you want, we can do it. And we are uh, Potomac Bass and Snakehead.com, where you can find us on Facebook, facebook.com backslash Potomac Bass and Snakehead. You can follow me on Twitter at VA Basshead. There you go. Cool, man. Matt, awesome. Thanks for having me on, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah, buddy. Anytime. Matt, go ahead, bud. Ah, all right. Uh, Jackson Kayak. <laughs> uh, I had the big rig out uh, this weekend, man. It, it was pretty cool. Uh, with the torpedo on the back. I was trolling around for about five and a half hours. Didn't even have to use the paddle. And uh, it, it was pretty cool. It, it was different. I was I was actually uh, texting and taking selfies of myself. And... and uh, <laughs> I, it was very strange. <laughs> cool, yeah, bud. Yeah, usually paddling real hard, you know. But right. But, um, yeah, Jackson Kayak. Why paddle the rest when you can paddle the best? Uh, Torpedo Motors. Why paddle when you don't have to anymore? Uh, Ram mounts made in the USA. Top quality. Um, great rod holding systems, man. Uh, I, I can't say anything more about. Ram mounts. They, they've really uh, come into the kayak fishing industry and, and taken it by storm. Nice. And then, uh, of course, my paddle paddle sponsor, <laughs> uh, Bending Branches Aquabound. Uh, great paddle company. Uh, they've been in the fishing market for probably ten years now, and and uh, they they make great product for us, and they they listen to everybody what we need, and they offer it. So that's awesome. That's bud. that's all mine right there. Cool. Then I'll jump in. I think Jackson kayaks, <coughs> Orca coolers, Bull Bay rods, Lickham lures, Unfair lures, and Tommy head jigs. I couldn't do it do it without you guys. Thank you so much. And Livingston lures as well. Um, thank you all for listening in tonight. Remember, take a kid fishing. They're the future of our sport. Always wear your PFD. It can mean life or death. Okay? It's that serious. And if you get out in the water this weekend, to remember to get your fish on, man. Ha <laughs> oh, Everyone has a great weekend. Catch you next week only on the Low Sodium Show. Good night, everybody.